Well, everyone, welcome back to Purposeful Marketing. Marketing with purpose for the everyday practitioner, and that's you listening right now. Um, welcome to the space. I don't know what episode this is going to be. Welcome to the journey. You're going to hear that a lot because James and I are just trying to figure it out, just like we're trying to figure out life. This is a really great topic that we're going to discuss today because I myself was once a copywriter. James is a copywriter right now, and he's a damn good one, so I'm interested to hear his feedback. And yeah, that's a pun because that's what we're going to talk about right now is how do you deal with feedback as a copywriter? And specifically for our listeners too is you may just be a marketing professional who's tasked with copywriting and have to share with your peers, our leadership, our team. We'll break that down too. But to get this conversation rolling, I really want to, James, ask you kind of what's the common feedback you get? Is it weird? Is it not helpful? Do you have any insight on just like the things we tell you um, to improve your writing? Yeah, I, I don't know if I get this feedback a lot here, but like the meme of feedback for copywriters, I feel like is like, can we can we make this punchier? Like as like, let's let's get our heads together and figure out how we can make this punchier kind of is this the, the message you seem to be getting when you see like the red line. Can we make this punchier? And it's kind of like. I think of that because the first thing I think is, yes, we can. Do we want to? I didn't know we wanted to. Um, and sometimes I think uh, I think a lot of times the person who asks that question has every right to ask that question, but it doesn't feel like that from the writer's end sometimes. Um, but I, that's kind of what I think of as I know there's the meme for designers is make it make it pop, <laughs> you know. Let's make this pop. Um, that feels like the meme of copywriter feedback. Um, I think, I think it's it's better feedback than it sounds like it is most of the time. But yeah, I I'm kind of interested in what you you may have actually done more ad copywriting than I have. You know, feedback in in journalism is a lot more like questions about where did you hear this like it's usually you forgot to source this and this sounds dubious like kind of stuff is what i would get and then i'd have to go back and like oh i forgot to link to that you know washington post article or whatever um but yeah i'm kind of curious what what you have to say on that because you may have done far more copywriting writing than I have totally you know I think I was a traditional ad copywriter for about two years and got a lot of reps doing things the is this punchy enough I heard quite often <laughs> the other one is this needs to be more sticky like stick to what like <laughs> right now, again I think there's going to be a theme with this this podcast of basically the feedback you normally hear and how you can you extract that out of your team and and coach them into giving you the feedback you need. But another one I heard a lot was, well, this doesn't sound good. I'm like, how does it supposed to sound? You know, I think I'm not a musician, you know, um, I think that's the challenge with marketing in general is we are all marketers. We all have an understanding of what we're supposed to do. But when you ask us specific questions like that, maybe we're not equipped to answer it. Right. And, I think when you get more into your leadership position, 
for our listeners is like you may have to give copywriting feedback at some point so we're going to help you today <laughs> that's that's the sell for you is, is we're going to help you today um any other comments about just like random feedback you get i do think how we write at gorilla 76 is a little different but i kind of like it that way and i'll maybe pitch that first and you can riff off at james's mm-hmm. you know our content is for the customer and how we write that content is we normally do the research with the customer themselves and ask them exactly what they need and then we go write the content not everyone does that some people again traditional ad copywriter they have a theme an idea and they go spit out some words right and then they go test in the market do you prefer one way or the other do you think our way makes feedback easier just general thoughts james i think our way makes feedback more understandable just because there's the it's it's kind of like if you have a very very specific brief what that does to you understanding feedback like um if if the brief is really specific the feedback can probably be traced back to something in the brief and if it can't be you know exactly how you're responding because you have the brief you already you know how to justify all of your decisions that you've made you know how to recognize like a fault of what you've you know or a shortcoming of your work because it's can the customer is almost like the brief in in that sense um but i mean i think more than the way that we do the writing i think what's interesting is the way that we do the feedback process um which obviously has recently changed so with um, introducing like an editor-in-chief role makes it feel more like what i'm used to Um, but outside of marketing usually it's you write the piece you send it to the editorial team they have someone who edits the piece like more globally um, and really picks at like the details and the quality whether it serves the reader and then you have someone who fact checks um, where at gorilla it's kind of like I mean it's a real series of revisions it's it feels a lot more robust than something that I was used to beforehand um, I think, I think that adds some, some positives and negatives positive being each person in the chain has a different relationship with the client and a different relationship in, in a way then with the customer, which can be really, really helpful. Um, negative being quite often like more i think than you would expect like when i get feedback from your level from the strategist or from the uh, client success executive it's actually directly like it feedback to reverse feedback that i've already received like (laughs) like we're now we're now going back to the original um it's i mean it looks if you if you were tracking it like a like a stocks it's like we've got a volatile stock here we're going we're going back and forth um 
I think that's just an interesting wrinkle with the way that we do things. I, I doubt like if you were working and I've never worked in a situation like you did, like a Caterpillar, um, where I would guess that you might've had one round of feedback, but I could be wrong. Tell that I'm glad to elaborate on that. Um, before I do, I want to tie some thoughts that you mentioned, James, which mm-hmm. I think are really important is the framework of content will help feedback be better. I think for us, our framework is we write content for customers and how we get those content ideas is we talk to customers. So it's very easy for me to give you feedback, James, because I can say, hey, remember when that customer said this in the interview? Let's address that instead of me saying, James, this needs to be punchier. This needs to be more sticky. Again, we always have a central focus, which is the customer, and I can just point back to that. Now, again, if you're a listener, you're, pro- you're probably a copywriter right now if you're listening to us. You may not have that. <laughs> you know, you may be kind of what my situation was at Caterpillar where you know, I did a lot of writing, but I had many different stakeholders and many different audiences. And um, I may have one person to review it, but I had someone from the, the product team. I had someone from the tech team. I had someone from um, the biz dev team. Everyone making comments on my copy. I actually have one particular instance that's going to go in our next question. It's like one time I did a product brochure and I had like 37 revisions. So James, you know, before this pod, we're talking about the case of the red ink of like, what do you do when you receive a page that's just marked up? You got any feedback for our listeners? Like what is your general thought when you receive a, a piece of content and all it has is red ink all over it? Right. I mean, I think a starting point is like you... I like I like feedback and I'm happy to receive to receive feedback. I don't think anyone should be like excited to get a bunch of feedback. You know, I want all of my work to be really really good. I would love to to one day be producing work that is faultless. I know that that's impo- that's impossible. You're you're not a finished article. Um, you know, feedback is how you get better. So the but my first thought is usually like, whoa, like, you take a step back, you know. Um, a lot of the times, if when it looks like a lot of red ink, the first thing I want to do is make it less red ink. So um, I don't like the idea of, okay, I get this feedback, just hit apply. Like, track change, you have track changes on, just hit the check mark, apply feedback, apply feedback. It's like, it's your piece. Like you, you spent a, probably a lot of time on this. You know, you're owning this. Um, everything you do needs to have a reason, including applying people's feedback. Um, if it's just an absolutely extreme amount of feedback, it probably varies in you know seriousness how much it changes the meaning of what you're writing um whether it changes the tone whether it changes the direction that you're going um the feedback probably varies quite a bit in that regard usually the first thing i do everything that seems relatively you know small trivial you know there's probably some basic like restructuring maybe you left something in passive voice um the basics 
I just go through and do a very quick scan. Usually just accept them, get them out of the way because when you get like a lot of more global feedback, it, it takes some thought and it takes you, you know, giving it time. And I think, uh, the, my first step that really helped when I started doing this was just get rid of everything that's, you know, if you have an editor that wants, wants you to not use contract, like style guide, doesn't want you to use a certain contraction, like would have, um, and you need to switch that, just hit the check mark. I mean, that's, that's something, get that out of your way because you have bigger fish to fry. Um, and I think like, that's really, I think helpful if you're the kind of person that sees that and thinks, oh my gosh, how am I possibly going to deal with this without just rewriting something? Um, and it often is a lot easier than it looks as soon as you get rid of the really trivial stuff. That's really, really good practical advice. And I have a similar one with my old agency when I was a copywriter. My creative director did not like when I used got or get. Perfect. I don't have to use those words ever again. Get them out of my vocabulary. If you can minimize those trivial things, then you can spend more time extracting the feedback, um, that valuable feedback you actually need to get better. Do you have any tips on that, James? I, I have one or two, but I just want to throw it back over to you. Like, what is your role in extracting feedback and maybe like how's the best way to do it? Um, I think first of all, the best way to do it is solo. Like at times you could really be tempted and it sounds like a great idea to be like, oh, like I don't immediately understand this. You know, what, um, let me just reach out to let me reach out to Aaron and just ask him what he means by this. Um, that's not the worst, like, immediate thought. It's not bad that you that someone thinks that. But it's the process is not supposed to be taxing. It's supposed to be something that, that is, you know, your role is, it's your role to do this on your own if you can. So... I think really just like anything that you can't understand what they mean. Let's say they ask, they're like, can we make this punchier? And you're like, or I don't like the way this sounds, the vague stuff. I mean, one thing is to like ask, like, why would I ask this question about this sentence? What would cause me to say, um, you know, we want to make this punchier, make, let's make this pop. What, what would cause me to have a reaction that I might verbalize like that? Um, is that happening in the work? Am I, am I committing an offense that would lead me to say something like, let's make this punchier? Um, I think that's, you know, one way in. Um, another is like, if you're getting feedback that, um, you absolutely don't understand. It's likely that the person providing the feedback doesn't understand what you're saying. It's like two-way miscommunication. Um, 
I get a, a lot of feedback that I've received has been um, a better way to answer the question of X. You know, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll? Is actually by doing this. Let's try doing this. And I, my first reaction is, that wasn't the question that I was trying to answer. And that's, it's not, the response to seeing that and, and noticing that is not, oh, let me comment back. That's not the question I was trying to answer. The correct response is, write a paragraph that, that is clearer. And, and so the reader doesn't have that confusion. Like, there's, there's two-way miscommunication, I think, that happens a lot that causes people to think, I, gosh, I don't know if I'm getting, you know, good feedback. You, your, your work should be able to be understood in a way that doesn't lead itself to that. Um, so sometimes it feels like it can feel like you're getting bad feedback when, in fact, you're just not communicating clear enough on your end. That's very honest, James, and I love that you shared it. And I think that's kind of the essence of what we're saying is we have a role in extracting that feedback and you're going to get in a process of, of making it easier on yourself and the other person. And it is a two-way street. One scenario I was going to offer is get used to showing your work frequently and often. So therefore you establish a feedback loop. A lot of the time when, again, I was doing more ad copy, I always have like 20 different variations in my back pocket, right? I'm going to show them three. They don't like it. I'm going to pull out the other 20. Give me feedback on more stuff. Again, just the more feedback you can extract, you're just going to get better. This is not even a copywriter thing. It's like any job you have is um, set up those feedback loops, get feedback frequently and often. And like then you can get rid of those things you were talking about, James. It's like those trivialities will go away because um, you're just focused on the stuff that matters. But I did love um, how you articulated it. It's a two-way street of communication. I think another applicable thing to do is when someone asks you um, to change something or asks you even better, here's a better scenario. Someone says, this is really good. Ask them what's good about it. I think the specificity of the feedback needs to be extracted by you. And I think if we just let people do that, they're they're just not going to do it, right? Because they're not used to it. Do you have any thoughts on that? I almost said feedback again, James. Yeah, feedback on that, James. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I think that um, I think that getting specifics is incredibly helpful. I kind of I think that if I like I think that it's important that it that it becomes a part of the process and that it's not again something where it's like let's go back and take more of this person's time. Um, I think that's it good thing to cultivate like if you are working with the same people all the time um, over time you should be cultivating a situation where the feedback you're getting is helpful um, specific and global you know it's it would be a shame if if no one ever gave you any if you weren't getting any feedback on like the direction of a piece or the overall tone or um, big picture things, there's almost no way everything you write is 100% spot on in in the global stuff every single time. So if you're not getting that feedback, it's worth asking for moving forward in certain cases. Um, 
but I think, you know, on a moment to moment basis, I don't love the idea of like going back and asking for clarification about anything, but I think you should feel free to, you know, nudge anyone that gives you feedback all the time and say like, Hey, like, I would love more clarity if you don't feel like you're getting enough clarity with certain type of commentary, or I would love more global feedback if you don't feel like you're getting enough global feedback. This is a relationship that's going to make your work better for the long term. So, I mean, you'd be doing yourself and your company a disservice not to try and cultivate a really strong, like, two-way relationship there if there's a person or small group of people that plays an intimate role in like your feedback process. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because we, I want to be mindful that you and I are talking about kind of like one-on-one feedback. And I think Mm -hmm. when you're an in-house marketer or again, you're a copywriter, it's you have feedback from like three to 20 people, depending on how big your company is. I think one practical thing to do is, to figure out like who are the most important cooks. You know, you can't have too many cooks in the kitchen, but there's people making soup, there's people on the steak station, there's people chopping, find those people. Um, you don't have to talk to everyone, right? And then once you do start building those relationships, those one-on-one feedback relationships, start practicing some of the tips we're throwing at you. Um, you have any comments on like getting feedback from multiple people and like what, what you do to, to kind of rein that in? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, an easy way to rein it in on your end is to remind yourself that it's your piece. I think as much as like, you know, a lot of what we're talking about is, you know, how do you apply feedback? How do you, sometimes the best response to feedback is, I don't think that that's a good idea and here's why. And I think a lot of times when, if you're getting feedback from a lot of different people, um, a, a good place to start is where is where is the feedback that I'm getting contradicting itself? Um, where is the feedback that I'm getting, um, like I said, like being produced against feedback that I've already received? Where am I, where do I need to kind of just take a stand on something? Um, and presumably there's a lot of places where you um, can take a stand on something. But especially, like, if you're getting feedback from seven people and they have different things to say about, say, a paragraph, it's a good place to, maybe you do delete that paragraph, but you're not even looking at that that feed. You're hardly looking at that feedback anymore when you write the other one. Like, you you can't be handling it. Your, your, your job is not to juggle, like, all these contradicting opinions. It's to produce the best work possible. Um, and when we're talking about too many cooks in the kitchen, there's only one expo guy. You know, there's only one. Um, and there's, like, just like there's only one server. Like, there's only one person who's taking care of this table. And if you need to put your foot down and say look, dog, this needed tomatoes, and it doesn't have tomatoes, and I'm not going to bring it out there until it does. Like, And you need to have that conversation. You need to be able to have that conversation because it is your piece. Definitely. I think 
I'm going to sum that up, what you just said, James, is so important, is all feedback's not equal. And what you need to do is figure out how do you produce the best piece of content and like do it for your audience, not the people giving you the feedback, which is also an audience and we can have that conversation. But, um, you know, what, what does your customer need, right? You should be able to figure out what's the best feedback, apply it, and then maybe you don't apply any of the feedback. I think, James, in your role as, as a content writer, you had that ability. Not everyone does, but... I think you should pick your battles and if it's the best thing for the customer like that's a battle you need to pick any thoughts on that james yeah i think i i think about um like when i had just started at gorilla and probably the second or third piece that i had even written and you were the strat feedback person um and you know you asked a question like um basically is is the question that the customer really wants answered this or is it more like this i think we need to do x in the headline and i thought to myself i do not think we need to do x in the headline um and the the key is asking why don't i think why do i think he's wrong um why do i think he made that comment because what it did is it it pointed me to the direction of the headline is not good. The headline's not good enough. So the headline needs to change. But what, what needs to change about the headline? I do not want to do X. I won't do X. And I was new, so it was like, I think, because you had even offered because it was so early in our, like, we hadn't really worked together. So you were like, if you want to talk about it, like, hop on a Zoom. Like, we can just jam. And, and work this out. And I was like, honestly, I think I will bring him on a Zoom because I, I feel like if I go, I don't know if I can go. I wasn't comfortable yet, so I didn't know if I could go Y. Or I guess B would be the opposite direction. Like you were saying, we need to get more pain in the headline. And I was saying, we need to get way less pain in the headline. <laughs> um, and it's like figure, figuring out why we felt differently was just me going back to the question behind your suggestion. Is this really the question that the customer wants answered? The answer was no, it's not. But the question the customer wanted answered was not the question that you suggested, but was actually a different one. And it's just kind of like you can work through that if you just think about the goal, if you think about how you are trying to serve the customer, why you're in a great position to do that well, and like as long as you understand that you can make mistakes and you're not always right and that you should absolutely be letting people help you at any moment then you're going to be able to decide i think pretty easily like when it's worth it which is whenever it makes sense for the piece and when it's not worth it which is whenever defending it would only make sense for your ego so, I mean, well said. I'm glad you used an example between the two of us so I could um, elaborate on, on my thoughts. Um, generally, I think if you're giving feedback, it is very helpful for you to choose an angle and pick a direction. So for me, yeah, you're probably going to hear me say a lot, what's at stake for the customer? What's the pain point? But therefore, James, you know as a content 
writer, it's like, okay, that's Aaron's framework. That's what it, that's his angle. That's his direction. Now I have something to debate with. But if I just give you, oh, James, this is good. <laughs> you know, there, there's no angle for you to really think about it. And I think that's what's important for me as a copywriter reviewing other content um, peers and whatnot is I know at the end of the day that they have their own writing process and I'm just trying to get out of the way but I want to give them some direction that they can debate. And of course I love the debate too. So I'm glad that we did that zoom call, but um, if we can kind of wrap this up and end this, what is like the perfect kind of feedback for you, James? Like what if in an ideal world feedback looks like this? I think uh, in, in a single piece of, in, of individual feedback, say a single section of red, involves an evaluation of the whole piece and where whatever that person is commenting on sits within you know, the greater structure of the piece. It takes into account content strategy, takes into account what is the customer and what is the goal of this particular communication to the customer? And it's clear. It's understandable. Um, I mean, but I don't think that the onus is entirely on the person providing the feedback. Um, like to, to get prescriptive about like, you know, what is the best feedback? I think there is an amount that like, I would hate to find out. I would be I would be saddened to find out that, you know, people like Gorilla hear this and are like, gosh, I can only give James feedback if I if I do optimize it for these four things. I mean, I, I really do think it's just like if you can clearly communicate why you, if you can clearly communicate that something is not living up to the standard that we want to hold for the customer. Um, I think for me, that's really what it is. I think a lot of feedback that maybe would get thrown under the, the bus of like, it's not helpful enough is, you know, could be clearer, could be, could be better, but like, I don't know. I think it's, it's the writer's job in, in a lot of instances to take the time to unpack it on their own and really think about you know, what they're working on. Yeah. And I think if you're someone who's giving feedback, kind of what James is saying is, um, and I don't want to prescribe this to you, James. I think what my thought is mm -hmm. hearing what you said is like, if you're giving feedback, you may be wrong some of the time, but you want to be clear all the time. So as long as you're clear, right. you're always creating a space for that feedback loop to happen. Before we go, I just, I'm going to throw out one, uh, maybe a couple content tips that I picked up that I would like to share with the listeners. And as I'm talking, James, you can think about yours and throw them out there. But generally, say if you're an in-house marketer and you're writing for the first time, I think if you do these two things, you'll get better at content. Number one, understanding that you can't revise a blank page. That goes back to that idea of showing your work um, often and frequently. Is like just get used to writing stuff down even if it's not good and sharing it with people. You'll get better at content over time if you do that. And number two, something I always say to help beginning writers is 
you should always chunk before chuck. And why I like to say that is normally it's just you have to reorganize your thoughts. I think we get into that stream of consciousness. I put everything on the page. Well, guess what? There's probably good stuff there. You just need to move your sentences around, fix the format, make it more digestible, um, especially in our industry of B2B. There's a lot of complex things in the content rewrite. Make small chunks of it um, before you just delete the whole page. You hit control A and delete it all. You got any tips for, for the listeners, James? I think my my big one would just be take care of the small stuff first when you're when you're applying feedback, when you're working through version two. Um my my other kind of I don't know, my like mentality feedback kind of conflicts with with your first tip or my uh i i think if you're gonna send something for feedback you need to send it with the at least hope but hopefully also belief that it doesn't need any that it's like you know you know that everyone knows that they're not perfect but you should really want to be sending your best work every time you send it and then be able to distance yourself from the fact that you are going to get feedback and and that and know that the goal is not you know for you to showcase that you're the best writer that's alive but just to produce the best work and and recognize that if you're not getting feedback on something ever you're not what you end up delivering to the customer is just probably not as good as the people who are getting feedback so that's kind of those are my two big ones Get the mentality right and take care of the small stuff first. Give yourself space for the big stuff. Hey, well said, James. I'm sure I will do an episode on what is good content versus bad content. But hey, if you're listening, give us some feedback. Give us a DM. Drop in the comments wherever this lives. Um, We love it. It makes us better. But besides that, enjoy yourself and listen to the next episode of Purposeful Marketing. Thanks, everyone.